Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's the final episode of our introducing segment. We've done Bruno Gomez. We've done Matty Target. And now it's time to introduce you guys to Dan Byrne, the six foot seven inch centre back who's joined from Brighton. He completed his move on deadline day from Blythe, once on the books of Newcastle United. So it's a fairy tale move for him to return back to his boyhood club. Lots of excitement about this one. I'm joined by Sussex Live's Brighton reporter, Richie Mills, who provides some valuable insight into the big defender, what Newcastle United have got, and why there's lots of reason to be excited about this man who tends to go under the radar. This is Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Muscovan. On this episode, I'm going to introduce to you Dan Byrne, Newcastle's deadline day signing course from the northeast he's from live he was on the books of newcastle as a youngster before being released and working his way through the leagues finally ending up at brighton and impressing enough for newcastle to go back with a 13 million pound bid which was finally accepted and he is back at his boyhood club to get the insight i'm joined by richie mills of sussex live who covers brighton home and away so you have a fair distance to travel when newcastle do play brighton must be what four or five hours, is it? I actually live in London, so it's not as bad. No, it's not as bad. You cheat, okay? Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, talk to me about Dan Byrne. Then, just explain to our listeners what exactly Newcastle United have got. So, it's an interesting one in terms of um, that. Sometimes it gets thrown out there about you know football is proving people wrong, but I really do feel that this season in particular. Dan Byrne has proved so many doubters wrong. Like whenever you, a, a team sheet was announced previously and Dan Byrne was in the lineup last season, there's quite a few groans from the supporters and stuff like that. But then this season, he's just been brilliant. Like two, uh, in the space of a month, he kept Romelu Lukaku in his, basically in his back pocket. Um, he's in terms of like ranking himself amongst Premier League central defenders this season. He's in the top 20% for tackles, interceptions, uh, successful pressures. Uh, he's in the top third for aerial win rates, long passes completed, progressive passes, and also the top 10% for um, blocks and pressures. Um, so, and he's also popped up with a goal too. So, yeah, in terms of um, his, his sort of attitude and commitment to the course has never been in question, but sometimes his ability has. And this season... Uh, he's just gone up through the gears and um, in the past month, he's arguably been Brighton's best player. Yeah, I think the Castle United fans will be well aware of that. Many of them were retweeting Brighton's social media posts that highlighted just how good Dan Byrne has been over the last four weeks or so. And his journey up the leagues has been remarkable. As I mentioned, they're released by Newcastle as a teenager. He played for Blythe and Darlington, then worked his way up the pyramid, played for the likes of Yeovil, Fulham, ended up at Wigan. And that's where 
Brighton came in. And I'm just wondering how quickly he found his feet in the top flight. Was it the last kind of season and a half in which he's impressed? Um, did it come quickly to him? Just tell us about how he settled at Brighton. So, so he was signed from Wigan for four million back in 2018. Um, and he actually, interesting enough, he the day after he signed, he broke his foot. So he was like, oh, no, they're, they're going to cancel the deal. But they didn't. Uh, he was then loaned back to Wigan for the first half of the season um, and then came back in January 2019. And that was under former Brighton boss and also Newcastle boss, Chris Hewton. Um, and he only played three times in that season. Uh, he said he was, uh, quote, gutted to be left out of their FA Cup semi-final against Man City. Um, so in terms of under Hewton, it looked like his chances might be quite small. But since then, um, so he's played 85, he played 85 times for Brighton, and I think 79 of those were starts. And you know, the master Josh Josh of them were under Graham Potter. So he's basically, um, Potter has always valued him. He's always valued his worth. Um, I think there's one quote, um, I think it was against uh, Wolves at the start of 2021, and he had an absolutely torrid night against Adama Traore, which is obviously no um, mean feat, but um, he he uh, conceded um, a penalty, he scored an own goal and was booked and then was hooked off. Um, and there's just a retelling quote from Potter about Dan Byrne. He said, anyone that criticises someone like Dan Byrne doesn't understand football ultimately. I wouldn't listen to them. It's irrelevant to me. Dan just gives his best every day. He's playing at the highest level. He's a fantastic example of what a top athlete should be in terms of not going to the well every day, to the well every day, but he recovers, he fights, he fights the team. He's everything you want from a professional football player. So let's just let the experts talk. Um, and yeah, so he's basically just, uh, I, I would say that he's pretty darn dependable he has the odd air in him he's not the most mobile but he has these telescopic legs that just when you think he's been beaten by someone he just stretches out and make a tackle in um so yeah in in terms of yeah he, he's uh it's, it's pretty remarkable that he started 79 times out of 85 um when he's never seemingly been the first choice um he's maybe been helped by the fact that Brighton more often than not have played a back three centre-backs wide. So he's been able to play with maybe an Adam Webster or a Lewis Dunk. Uh, but he's also quite versatile. He's been able to play um, in a back two, um, most recently with Adam Webster, uh, in a back three with those two, um, but also at left wing back. Um, so he can, he can also play in the, the centre, but he is more, he's left-footed, so he's favoured that side. But yeah, in terms of, uh, his progression in the last year, and especially under Potter, it's been very, very, very impressive. Um, and I do think that he will be a good signing for Newcastle. I was going to ask you about systems because there's lots of debate about how he'll fit into this Newcastle United side. Will he go into a pairing of two at the back? Because that's how Newcastle have tended to have gone recently. They have obviously experimented with three at the back and you know, you've mixed with wing backs, and I think Eddie Howe's just trying to find the right formation for the players he's got. But obviously, with Kieran Trippier and Matt Target coming in, you would assume it probably will be, um, you know, four at the back. Maybe then two might push up slightly. But how will he handle being two at the back? You assume with Jamal Lascelles, who has got a lot of critics. A lot of people felt this was a big January window for Jamal Lascelles in terms of the centre-back that came in because there was a hope if they brought someone in of a really high standard, that would bring 
Jamal Asal's up a little bit. Um, do you see them two working from what you've seen of Jamal Asal's working well together? Um, well, I mean, from what I know, I don't know too much apologies about Jamal, but um, I, I understand what he's about six foot two, quite big guy. Um, Dunk, sorry, uh, Byrne played alongside six foot three Adam Webster, so six foot four Lewis Dunk. So, you know, um, I guess that, you know, he, he can play alongside physical players, but also can have good ball skills. Um, just on the point about the back two, I saw Mika Richards raise that point um, yesterday, I think in um, Five Live or something like that. Um, and I personally disagree with that take because he's basically, for, for I think at least a few games in the past five, six weeks, he has played in the back two of Adam Webster. And he's, as that as, as the tweet that you alluded to, Brighton said that he was their best player in the last month. He, he um, on Boxing Day, when Brighton beat Brentford 2-0, uh, he was in the back two of Adam Webster, played very, very well. Um, in the away win at Everton, uh, which was Brighton's first ever at Goodison Park, uh, he scored that day. And... Um, kept the likes of Calvert-Lewin fairly quiet and they won 3-2. Um, he uh, he did very well against Crystal Palace in the back two. Same again at Leicester a couple of, uh, in the most recent game. Um, occasionally they mix it up because what they've been doing recently is just um, they've been allowing Lamp, uh, Tarrant Lamptey to sort of be eased back in. So sometimes they play with a back two or uh, a back three and depending on win-backs and all that. So... In, yeah, in terms of a, a back two, I think he'll be fine. Um, in terms of raising the level of um, the sales, I mean, on current form, I don't see why not because he's he's honestly in the best form of his career. Um, it's an interesting thing that Graham Potter's done. He's been able to improve lots of players and in the sort of, maybe not autumn years of their career, but certainly towards the kind of 30s age, they are playing very, very well. And I think um, I see no other reason why he can't continue to play well. There was something else that was on BBC Five Live in the same topic of conversation as, as what Michael Richards said. I think it might have been Chris Sutton. Someone's bound to correct me if I'm wrong. But there was a, a question of whether um, Dan Byrne and the like, maybe someone like Stuart Dallas at Leeds looks good because of the manager and the way they set up and it's the, the formation and the approach to the game. So I think the point he was making was, does Dan Byrne look good in a Potter side? But if you put him in another side, he's going to look bang average or even worse. What would you say to that? I mean, it's it, it's a hard one to respond to because, um, you know, like, like you alluded to earlier, he's come up from non-league and then he's gone up through the leagues. And this is at the highest level he's been at. So there's nothing really to compare him to. But he's, um, you know, I think he was the player of the year at, um, uh, I think, the Yeovil when he was on loan and then and then Wigan um and he, yeah this season he's proved lots of people wrong so it's it's hard to to say I mean it's I guess it's an observation that you can make but in terms of like the credence behind it like what's the you know there's not really much we can say about it but um I mean it'll be interesting to see but I still think that the the, the progress that he has made uh, I don't think you know the the fact that he's in a different team and a different manager will make a great deal of difference. Obviously, in terms of the way that they play, like Brighton play out from the back, and um, and Burns capable of doing that. But um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. Well, it's interesting because Newcastle have tried to play out from the back and 
under both Eddie Howe and Steve Bruce. And I don't think I'm alone when I say for me, it hasn't really worked because I don't think they've got the personnel to do it. Jamal LaSalle never looks comfortable with the ball at his feet, especially when he's being pressed. Fabian shares much better on the ball, but he's, he, sometimes his touch can can lead him into trouble. So it's going to be interesting to see if Dan Byrne brings the calmness to, to that back line where that maybe allows someone like Jamal LaSalle or Fabian Cher to, to buy into that and you know they can then concentrate on playing out from the back of that is the approach Newcastle will take. We've spoken briefly about what, what Dan Byrne is good at, but just give me a bit more detail about his, his main attributes. So, I mean, he is, is interesting just in terms of if you look at it from like... Um, I'm going to read a weird example, but in tennis previously, if you were above a certain height, you just weren't very mobile and that's changed now. And I think how many sort of six foot seven players are there that can get about the pitch like Dan Byrne can? Uh, he's obviously not the quickest, but he is deceptively quick, I'd say, for his size and stature. Um, so, yeah, I'd say obviously he's um, he's strong in the air. He's um, he's pretty strong um just you know physically he, he uh in terms of against Romelu Lukaku yeah, as I say he kind of he he um outmatched him um in terms of uh when he tried to sort of roll off him he, he couldn't he couldn't get away from it he was just smothered by him he was very quick to um to cut out balls to to sort of be in a preemptive way uh, to maybe stifle attacks going forward um He's, as I said, you know, in terms of um, just the, the maybe the more kind of old-fashioned stuff. You know, he's, he's pretty darn good at the kind of yeah, the heading, the clearances, the blocks, and stuff like that. And um, in, in terms of work rate, um, he's a second to none. This, this one, one other quote I wanted to say that um, he basically what happened when he came to Brighton uh, when sorry when Potter came in twenty nineteen. Uh, he basically, Graham Potter sat everyone down and said, like, this is like a clean slate, like, you know, I'm, yeah, let's try to work together, blah, blah, blah. And he basically said, Dan Byrne said, I'm always a good trainer. I train as I play and so always felt I had a chance. I also learn best when I'm out of my comfort zone and playing left of a free or left back or left wing back. I've proved a lot of people wrong, which is what I, which is what I like to do. And I think that sums him up. I think he loves to to prove the doubters wrong. Um, and yeah, he's a very capable centre-back. In terms of weakness, because I mean, all the stuff you've mentioned there is 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 really good and will be applauded by Newcastle United fans who are listening to this because Newcastle have lacked pace at the back. That's one thing they desperately need. And they've got that with the likes of Trippier coming in and now Dan Byrne. But in terms of weaknesses, what's the area of his game that Dan Byrne can improve on? Just, just a little correction. Sorry, I, I'd say that he, for his size and stature, he is a fairly good mover. But in terms of actual out and out pace, you know, he can be got at. Like, for, yeah. as I said, obviously, speed merchants like Adama Chori really can get him, and and uh, Saka as well from Arsenal, he got him. But um, in terms of what I think he needs to work on, um, he can be maybe um, a little bit left-footed. Um, whereas, for example, Adam Webster at Brighton, he's great with both feet. Uh, Burn is very, I think, left foot dependent. So, um, you know, for example, if I know you talked about maybe Newcastle being averse to trying to pass out from the back, but, um, you know, he, he will, 
if you want to do that, it would have to be sort of on his left side and it would maybe sometimes it's more like a hurried clearance on the right, sort of a kind of a punt forward or something like that. Um, but in terms of uh, other weaknesses, I mean, at times um, in the past, I would have said his positioning wasn't always the best, um, but I really think he's Im improved that this season. Um, so yeah, I'd just say in terms of kind of yeah, pace and acceleration, I think he can be got at that way, but um, uh, on the whole, I think, yeah, he's still, there's not too many. So it sounds like he was well-liked at Brighton, sound like Graham Potter was a big fan of him. Was there any chance, do you think, he, he, he would have stayed at Brighton or sooner, as soon as Newcastle came in, his boyhood club and then matched the asking price, it was only going to end up one way? Yes, I think he basically said yesterday that, yeah, there was Newcastle and no one. Like, Brighton didn't, um, you know, they hadn't, a knit before the kind of this month, they had no intention of selling him. Um, he was playing, yeah, he was in the form of his life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I wrote a couple of pieces this week about maybe some reasons why he might potentially stay. Um, one I thought was, and correct from wrong, It'll be interesting to see what would happen uh, if Newcastle do stay up and then are able to, you know, splash the cash in the summer. If Berm would still be the first choice, or if he would not. Um, whereas at Brighton, you know, he, he's he's kept, you know, he's built a very good reputation, and the fans really appreciate him now. Um, and he might, you know, get more games on there. So that would be an interesting one. And then the second one was just about how Graham Potter was gave him that chance and he really um was so grateful to him for that. So but in the end I think like like you said, you know, the boyhood club um being starstruck once when he met Alan Shearer, um, you know, being a I think his dad was a season ticket holder and you know went to see them as a kid. So I think all those factors, yeah. Um I think it was um yeah too good to turn down the end. Yeah, it's like a, a movie script in many ways. You know, the the, the the guy coming home after the heartache of being let go by your boyhood club. Um, and I guess, so for the, the, the last two episodes of introducing the new signings, which was both Matt Target and Bruno Gomez, I've asked the guests about the fight um, of, 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 of the players and how they handle the attention that comes with playing for Newcastle United. Um, but with Dan Byrne, he knows what it's all about because it is his club and he su he, su he supports them. So he'd be well aware of the attention that comes with playing for Newcastle United. Um, so I guess I'll just have to ask you about the fight and the spirit of the guy. Will he be able to handle or will he bring to that dressing room that kind of that leadership factor and the fight that they're going to need to survive the drop? Uh, in short, I would say yes. Um, I mean, so in the in the kind of two... In the first sort of proper two seasons that he was a Brighton player, Brighton were in a relegation battle for both those times. And both those times they got out of those relegation scraps. Um, they, and it was, you know, people like Dan Byrne was a, a, a big factor in that. Um, there were times when um, Brighton had injuries last season. Adam Webster was out. Um, uh, Lewis Dunk as well. And, and he just came in and, and just did a really good job. Um, so in terms of like um, asking to stay in the Premier League, he's proved that he can help them do that. Um, 
going back in his career, like there's he's there's been times when I think um, uh, I think they were relegated with Wigan, um, and then maybe Darlington or something like that. But then he's also like I think he helped. Um, uh, he scored, I think, the winning goal for Yeovil when they got promoted from League One to the Championship when he was on loan. Um, he was their player, I think, Wigan's player of the season at uh, one time when he also got them promoted back to the Championship. Um, so, yeah, in terms of, like, grit, determination and fighting spirit, I think he um, there are a few better, maybe. Brilliant answer, and I'm sure Newcastle fans listening to this will be very excited to see how Dan Byrne gets on back at Newcastle United. Uh, Richie, just to finish up then, just sum up once again um, what Newcastle United have got in Dan Byrne. Uh, I think they've got someone who will give absolutely everything. I mean, there's definitely some players that I think, you know, your heads might drop and... um, and you might, uh, their decision-making might go as a result of it. But I think Dan Byrne is just the kind of the consummate professional of these days. Uh, he, he just, um, he, he loves training and, and um, he loves, um, you know, putting on the shirt and the, the fact that he, you know, has had to come through it um, in a way that's, you know, not maybe as glamorous as other players, you know, coming from non-league and then, um, playing in League Two, League One, Championship, he's really had to graft and and uh, fight to get to where he is. And, and now he's, you know, he's just um, loving every single moment of it. But yeah, in terms of what he offers, you know, he's six foot seven, um, real uh, big, strong physical presence, uh, head the ball, um, good left foot, um, very good at making last ditch tackles, um, and also. Uh, Every, you know, pretty much everyone who's spoken about it has, doesn't have a, a bad say, bad thing to say about him. So uh, I'm sure he'll do a good job at Newcastle. Fingers crossed Newcastle have got a massive challenge on their hands to survive the drop. But I'm sure Dan Byrne is going to play a massive part of that. Richie, thanks for joining us on the Everything is Black and White podcast. It is a pleasure, as always, to speak to you. You provided a valuable insight into Dan Byrne there. To you guys listening, please remember to like and follow the podcast through whichever platform you're listening through. Leave us a rating and review too. That just means it helps us get it to a wider audience and it's totally free to subscribe. It just means you'll get a notification every time we upload a new episode. And if, once again, I can point you into the other two episodes of the introduction series that we've done, one on Bruno Gomez with Jonathan Johnson of CBS Sports and one on Matt Target with Ashley Priest of Birmingham Live. Some really good tales of what Newcastle United can expect to come from the other two signings that came late in the January transfer window. Plenty to be excited about. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in.